The top candidates who would like to be the next chair of the Michigan Republican Party, all of them say they believe that the presidential election in 2020 was rigged. A lot of the top candidates right now are very closely tied to Donald Trump. I have not at this point identified a candidate who's really running on a platform that the party needs to move on from Trump. I mean, that's just not something you're hearing from these candidates. So what does that mean for state politics moving forward? Today, we're going to talk about some of those candidates vying for GOP chair in Michigan and hear what they have to say about election security and the future of the state Republican Party. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. This past weekend, most of the candidates gathered at a forum in Midland to talk about the big issues they see facing the party and the nation. And most of them are sticking with claims of unproven election fraud. I have a question for you people. It's a very important question. Now, it's been over two years. I ask it often. How many people here, in your heart of hearts, know that Donald Trump won the election of 2020? Securing the election is a matter of national survival. We can have every other issue in our party resolved, but if we do not have secure and honest election, it won't make a difference. I was curious to know more, so I called up our colleague Craig Mauger at the Detroit News. He's been following the race for GOP leadership and wrote recently about it. Hey, Craig. Hey, thanks for having me. The party really took a pasting last year, as a lot of folks know, losing charge of the state House and Senate in Lansing and winning none of the three statewide elected positions they were aiming for, governor, attorney general and secretary of state nor a few seats that they had been looking for in Washington, D.C. It's hard to see what path lies ahead for the state party under any circumstances, but how have people been talking about the job of the next party chair to make some inroads? Oh, I mean, it's going to be an incredibly difficult job. I think even some of these candidates for chair themselves recognize that this is going to be a major uphill battle for the state party to bounce back from this. The challenge lies in the fact that the base of the party, the delegates, the people that elect the chair, the people that set the policies for the state party, these people have a view of elections and they view them as as fraudulent in Michigan when those positions and those statements have proven really damaging to GOP candidates when it comes to a general election audience and when it comes to the donors who fund the state party. So the question facing all of these individuals who are seeking to be chair is how do you balance the membership of your party's desires with the goal of what the purpose of the state party is, is to win elections? How do you balance those two things? And it's it, it seems at this moment that most of them are going to be siding with the base of the party and these delegates. So part of the reason this is such a crossroads for the Michigan GOP is that Ron Weiser, state party co-chair, has taken himself out of the running to be to be in a leadership role again. And I believe his co-chair, Mishan Maddock, has also said that she's not going to stand for a re-election in party leadership, right? Yeah, that is right. Craig, did you notice any variation in how people talked about these false claims of election fraud? I mean, is there such a thing as election denial light among these contenders? Yeah, I think there's definitely a range of views. I mean, you had on one side of this, you have uh, the chairman of the Macomb County Republican Party, Mark Fortin, saying, hey, not only was there election fraud in 2020 and 2022, but he believes 
you know, there's nothing to back this up, that there was fraud in the 2018 election and Gretchen Whitmer didn't actually win her first term. I mean, I've heard nothing, not even a hint of any reason for why that statement could possibly be true. I don't know if you guys know this, but I absolutely believe in my heart of hearts that Donald Trump is the president of the United States by landslide. I believe, I believe that this governor was never elected in 2018. I believe that this last election was absolutely as fraudulent as 2020. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you really, which is kind of a fascinating development, you have the former attorney general candidate, Matt DiPerno, who has previously tried to get past some of this election fraud uh, conversation, even though that's how he rose to political prominence was, you know, uh, filing a lawsuit alleging that there was uh, some type of scheme involving manipulation of votes by election tabulators and technology in Antrim County. He has at least indicated an urge to move on. He has conceded his loss in the 2022 election, um, but he he still said at this event that he believed that there was fraud and and he he is trying in some ways to steer the party forward by saying we've got to get up to date with our strategies. We've got to start competing for absentee ballot votes. Um, so I would say on the range, he's on one side and, and Mark Fortin and some of the other low level candidates for chair on the other side. That's interesting. I was wondering, nationally, there are still many people in the Republican Party who say, I support the policy wins of the Trump administration. But there are some like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis who are starting to say they're done with Trump. It's time to move on and who may have ambitions of their own. To what extent are these candidates for Michigan's Republican Party leadership? To what extent are their support for false narratives about election fraud synonymous with with a Trumpist attitude toward where the party needs to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the top candidates for the chair post, and we're going to see this race continue to play out until about a month from now when the delegates meet to vote in Lansing. A lot of the top candidates right now are very closely tied to Donald Trump. Matt DiPerno, who ran for attorney general, Christina Caramo, who won, uh, ran for secretary of state and lost to Democrat Jocelyn Benson. They were both endorsed by Trump. They're two of Trump's favorite, you know, political figures in the state of Michigan. They're both running for chair. Mark Fortin, the Macomb County Republican Party chairman, has been a very outspoken supporter of Trump. He has criticized frequently people who have gone against Trump. You know, these are three of the the, the top candidates closely tied to Trump. There's also Lena Epstein, who's a former U.S. House candidate. She when she ran for a place on the ballot for the Board of Regents at the University of Michigan in 2022, she brought in Rudy Giuliani, Trump's former lawyer, to campaign with her. I mean, there are a lot of ties to Trump here. I have not at this point identified a candidate who's really running on a platform that um, the party needs to move on from Trump. I mean, that's just not something you're hearing from these candidates. Certainly not for a party leadership battle. So uh, you you mentioned that the leadership election happens a little bit more than a month from now. Uh, Craig, am I remembering right that the last time this happened, it was a pretty contentious affair? It was incredibly, incredibly contentious. I mean, the, the, the last time a state party chair was chosen, it was done virtually. So we didn't get 
all of the in-person drama that can unfold. It was a race between Ron Weiser and the former chairwoman, Laura Cox. She brought out uh, a number of allegations in the final days about um, alleged financial crimes within the state party when Weiser was previously the chair. It was an incredibly uh, intense period. And, and, you know, it's widely expected that this will be a dramatic race for chair as well. I mean, the way that this is going to go down is, I mean, this field will be whittled down um, likely till we get to a final two. Someone's got to win a majority of the vote. So it could be a long day. There's battles already over the rules for the conventions. There are battles over a new $50 registration fee. The party is charging for delegates. I mean, the future of the state GOP is really going to be on the line in this vote. And it's just going to be something that I think will probably get national attention when it all is said and done here. We're going to break for a minute. When we come back, are there any moderate Republicans left in the Michigan GOP? And if so, where are they? We'll be right back. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Can we talk for a minute about what was going on outside of the forums and outside of these places where the the would-be leaders of the party were gathering? Do you sense, Craig, any appetite among Republicans who aren't part of a, a Trumpist right or who who are have distanced themselves from election denialism to try to take the party back? I'm not exactly sure I know what that would even look like. It seems like the grassroots has been pretty committed to these kinds of narratives. Yeah, I mean, two things on that. I mean, for many years, uh, I started covering politics in Michigan in 2012. And for the first few election cycles here, there were battles at the precinct delegate level. These are the lowest elected office in Michigan. They're elected in primaries. They're basically neighborhood electees. These are the people, these precinct delegate races on the GOP side who set the future of the state party because the precinct delegates eventually pick the delegates to the state convention. There used to be massive battles between so-called establishment forces and kind of the more activist, conservative, uh, Tea Party at a time forces for these precinct delegate races, they would happen at a low level, they would happen quietly, but there was a battle. Both sides were competing to win these precinct delegate races. What we saw in 2022 really was the establishment did not engage in a heavy effort to organize and try to win these precinct delegate races. That has led 
to the point that we're at now, where kind of the pro-Trump, the America first delegates have complete control over these state conventions. And I think the establishment people have realized that it's going to be very difficult for them at this upcoming convention to have any say in what happens. And most of them are looking to mechanisms outside the state party to try to advocate for what they view as, you know, more uh, moderate, traditional Republican values. They're looking outside the state party now. The question will be in 2024, do they re-engage and try to make a play in these precinct delegate races? Or do they say from here on out, we're not going to compete for the state party power because we can have the same power that we had there outside through other organizations. So what does that mean? Maybe contributing to dark money groups that may have more moderate goals in mind? Yeah, it, it could be dark money nonprofit organizations that are focused on advocating on policy. It means super PACs, super political action committees that can raise unlimited amounts of money and spend them on elections. It means political action committees. It just means an array of all of these different types of political uh, efforts that can be available to large donors, uh, these will be where the money starts to go. I mean, we already saw that a bit in 2022. The party did not have a lot of money to try to influence races. We saw a lot of money go in through outside groups. I mean, there was a super PAC that helped get Tudor Dixon through the primary and helped her in the general election against Governor Whitmer. I mean, there is going to be a lot more of that. That's the discussion among Republicans. Look to these outside groups to try to get around what's happening at the state party. So what does that mean for state politics in Michigan if people with money and will to try to to try to be active on the issues are just, you know, taking what they've gotten going elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, it, it means the state party is potentially in a much more isolated position. The, the chairperson of the state party is always going to have a soapbox and be someone that gets attention just because of the nature of the position that they hold. But if they don't have money to influence races, if they don't have the ability to win over these donors, if they don't have the sway to go in and make their policy arguments to state lawmakers because they can't provide anything of value to the state lawmakers, the party's in a spot where it, it, just what can they do? How can they uh, be powerful? How can they attract more donors? I mean, it's in a it's an incredibly difficult position This where this path is going to lead for where the state party is going right now. Craig Mogger with the Detroit News. Craig, thank you so much for your coverage. It's really helpful. We appreciate your time today, too. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes when you're ready for more politics at michiganradio.org. Don't forget to sign up for the It's Just Politics podcast, too, with our buddies Zoe Clark and Rick Pluta. Today's podcast was produced by Mercedes Mejia. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kavansag, and April Van Buren. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for today's pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! 
We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.